Lolita. And the way we talk about language and the way we understand language is inextricably linked with the literature that we read. We'll find out, can the inexpressible be expressed? And we'll look at how literary language works as opposed to regular language, if there even is such a thing. Then we'll move on to the author. Is the author a real person? Obviously, there's a flesh-and-blood individual who picked up a pen or typed on a computer, but is the author that we encounter when we read Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses the same author as the flesh-and-blood person who lived and wrote and experienced and put down that book on paper? And that leads us to the text. Again, what could be simpler? It's a page with writing on it. It's a book in a library. But it turns out that the text itself has a very complicated and interesting status. And in understanding how texts get made, circulated, and interpreted, we get to the heart of some of the fundamental questions in literature. Then we're going to talk about the audience, the people who read the text. Sometimes this is called reception theory, but that might make it a little too complicated. But what we're going to learn is that the audience helps create the text in ways that's very similar to what the author does. The audience is no passive receiver of a text. The audience thinks ahead, guesses, works with big questions, and the audience shapes the author simply because the author is guessing what the audience wants to hear or expects to hear. Then while we're talking about expectations, we'll move into genres. Genres are categories of literature, and genres shape what our expectations are for any particular text. We move on then to forms, and we'll spend two lectures on the different kinds of forms and shapes of literature, one lecture on poetry and another on prose. We're going to see how patterns and symbols interact to give us our perception and our aesthetic experience of literature. Then we'll move on to what's sometimes called deep criticism, though I don't like that adjective, say psychological criticism, the study of human psychology through literature and how literature shows us how our own minds work and also how the way our minds work explains how literature works. We'll then move on to what is probably the most contentious part of this course. There'll be two lectures, one called What is Postmodernism and Why Are People Saying Such Terrible Things About It? And then one about identity, embodiment, and politics, looking at race, class, gender, and sexuality. Then we'll move on to talking about cultural production, consumption, and circulation. Now, that doesn't sound very exciting, but this is where I actually put in my own theory, my own interpretation as well. So I'm hoping that this chapter will be, in fact, the most exciting of all. Then we'll look at the literary canon, the scholars and the critics, who decides what's good literature, and how do you get to participate in that decision and help to decide what's good literature, as well as learning what it is and taking it from others. And then finally, we'll wrap this all up to figure out what are the best ways of discussing these topics we've worked through in the previous 13 lectures. The purpose of literature, wrote the novelist Iris Murdoch, is to prove that other people really exist. That's a very heavy thought, but a very liberating and powerful one. If we can prove that other people really exist, and we can prove that by reading literature, then maybe we can behave better to those other people who really exist. Finally, we'll conclude by talking about what other reasons we have for reading literature. Does it go beyond entertainment? Does it go beyond pleasure? Does it go beyond education and morality? Is there something about literature and about working to understand it that fundamentally makes us human, that makes us who we are? Now, you might notice one thing right away about this list of lectures. There are a lot of traditional items that are missing 
or seem to be missing from this course. For instance, there is no lecture on plot, character, theme, climax, all of those things that when we were in high school or college, we learned were an important part of literature. And there's a reason for that. I'm taking a different approach because I think that old approach has gotten stale. And also because I want to find out that these very important things like plot and character and theme are maybe easier to understand if approached from a different direction. Now, at the same time, I don't want you to think that this is some completely esoteric literary theory course, because literary theory has a bad reputation, and it deserves that reputation a little bit. People call it sometimes lit-crit stuff, except instead of the word stuff, they use a word that rhymes with lit and crit. And there's a reason that people feel that way about literary theory, mostly because of the way it's been taught, but also the way that it's written, and the way that it gets completely separated from...